0: Hey, welcome back to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans, for Ohio State fans. From the West Coast, I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Saturday, January 13th, 2024. Happy New Year, everyone. This also happens to be my birthday weekend. And so far, I could not have asked for a better birthday gift than what the coaching staff, Ohio State NIL, and the Buckeyes' star juniors have delivered over the last 10 days. And I'm here with you today on our first pod of the new year to talk about those developments. A ton of interesting roster moves, A couple of interesting coaching changes for 2024 some very interesting developments for the Buckeyes so let's jump right into it let's start with the return of what is an unprecedented number of draft eligible upperclassmen there are 11 of them total the Buckeyes now have commitments from the following draft eligible star players to return for the 2024 season quarterbacks Denzel Burke and Jordan Hancock Safety Lathan Ransom. Now that means Ohio State will return four or five starters from last year's secondary. Defensive ends Jack Sawyer and JT Tui Molowow. Defensive tackles Ty Williams and Ty Hamilton. That means Ohio State will return its entire starting defensive line from last season. Linebacker Cody Simon. Left guard Donovan Jackson. That means Ohio State will return four or five starters from the offensive line. Wide receiver Emeka Ibuka. And finally, running back Trabion Henderson. That is a staggering number of commitments from players who could have all easily opted for the NFL. And it is a metric shit ton of returning experience, production and talent that I don't think any other program in the country outside of maybe Georgia will be able to match this season. I don't know. We've ever seen anything like this before in the modern era at Ohio state. I'm not sure we ever will again. The only thing that comes relatively close for me would be 2008 when James Laurinaitis, Marcus Freeman, Malcolm Jenkins, Alex Boone, Brian Rabisky, and Brian Hartline all decided to come back for their senior seasons after back-to-back losses in the national championship game. Now look, the impact of the Ohio State NIL collectives, namely the 1870 Society and the foundation, cannot be understated here, folks. They've been doing major fundraising work behind the scenes to help keep virtually every star player from the 2021 class in the fold for 2024. Marvin Harrison Jr. and Mike Hall Jr. are the only stars from the 2021 class to have opted for the NFL. I mean, that is just outstanding work from Ohio State NIL over the last four to six weeks. And, you know, we've been debating this in our text of the last couple of days. I don't believe this is entirely about NIL money. I think you do have to credit Ryan Day for building a winning culture that all 11 of these players wanted to continue to be a part of. Because if any of them had their doubts about the direction of the program going into their final seasons of eligibility, they could have jumped into the portal and taken their wares to another contender. None of them did that. So kudos to Ryan Day and the Ohio State coaching staff for that. Now, as we know, in addition to all of those returning stars, Ohio State has also added four starter caliber offensive players from the transfer portal so far. Again, huge tip of the cap to both the coaching staff and the NIL collectives in this area as well. Let's start with quarterback Will Howard of Kansas State, who is now the presumptive starter for 2024, though he will have to compete for the position during the offseason. Now, in four seasons at Kansas State, Howard threw for 5,786 yards, 48 touchdowns, and 25 interceptions, including 10 last season. Howard has a career completion percentage of 58.8, but at 6'5", 240 pounds, it's what Howard can do with his legs that makes him so intriguing. Adjusted for sack yardage, Howard rushed for nearly 1,100 yards and 19 rushing touchdowns while at Kansas State. He was, for all intents and purposes, a two-year starter for the Wildcats. He helped lead Kansas State to the 2022 Big 12 title. So there's a lot to like with Howard, though. I do think he will need to level up as a passer to meet the standard that Ryan Day expects. Ideally, his completion percentage needs to be somewhere in between 65 and 70%. And Howard's going to have to take better care of the football. Ten interceptions last season, that's entirely too many. But the expectation seems to be there's still a fair amount of upside and untapped potential in Howard that the weapons around him now at Ohio State should be able to draw him out. I think that's a reasonable expectation, especially now with an entire offseason for Ryan Day to tailor the offense to Howard's skill set. Now, so far, I think the most exciting and unexpected addition from the portal for the Buckeyes is running back Quinshawn Judkins from Old Miss. Now, we have... Davison Igbenosan, Judkins' former teammate at Ole Miss, to thank for making the connection here. Judkins was a two-time first-team All-SEC selection and the 2022 SEC Freshman of the Year. In his two seasons at Ole Miss, Judkins ran for 2,725 yards and 31 touchdowns. He has a career per carry average of five yards. It's very solid. He also has 37 career receptions for 281 yards and three touchdown catches. What I loved about Judkins was he announced his commitment to Ohio State as the confetti began falling in NRG Stadium, literally minutes after Michigan beat Washington for the national title on Monday. I thought that was an awesome flex by Judkins. Now, I'm not sure if this is a perfect comparison, but to me, Judkins looks a little bit like J.K. Dobbins, with maybe not quite as much wiggle, though maybe Judkins has a little bit more straight-line speed than Dobbins. With Trey Henderson now committed for 2024, Ohio State will have the country's best one-two punch in the running attack. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I'm pretty certain Ohio State has never had two backs as productive and accomplished as Judkins and Henderson in the same backfield. Now, you can point to other Ohio State running tandems that were very productive or that went on to be stars in the NFL. However, in those instances, you usually had one player who was more experienced, was an upperclassman, was getting the lion's share of the carries, and the second... Back was the more junior of the two, perhaps just starting his career at Ohio State and was playing more of a reserve role. This is the first time we've seen two backs as accomplished as Henderson and Judkins in the same backfield at Ohio State. I mean, we're talking about two first-team all-conference backs from college football's two preeminent leagues playing together in the same backfield. Judkins was a first-team all-SEC selection last year. Henderson was first-team all-Big Ten. I mean, that's just insane. And with Will Howard's ability as a runner from the quarterback position, I don't think Ohio State fans are going to have to sweat short yardage situations anymore. (laughs) And I think it's also going to be interesting to see if Ohio State becomes a more run oriented offense in 2024, given the additions of Judkins and Howard. That's going to depend largely on who Ryan Day hires as his offensive coordinator. More on that in a minute. It's also going to depend on how well the offensive line develops, which leads me to the next transfer portal addition for the Buckeyes. That's Alabama center Seth McLaughlin, who was the Tide's starting center last season. McLaughlin has 25 career starts under his belt at Alabama. Now, the last time we saw him in action, he was struggling with the shotgun snaps in the playoff semifinal loss to Michigan in the Rose Bowl. However, if you look at McLaughlin's PFF grades, he is still a clear upgrade over Carson Hinsman at center. McLaughlin's run blocking grade of 62.1 and pass blocking grade of 58.7 last season were significantly higher than Hinsman's. Hinsman finished 2023 with a run blocking grade of 54.8 and a pass blocking grade of 41.6. I mean, look, McLaughlin's pass blocking grade was 17 points better than Hinsman's. That's pretty significant. I think it's also worth noting that McLaughlin played alongside two new starters at guard and with a new starting quarterback last season. And in 2022, when he was playing with more experienced guards and a much more experienced quarterback in Bryce Young, McLaughlin's PFF grades for run blocking and pass blocking were much better. They were 72.2 and 75, respectively. And McLaughlin has a whole offseason now to work with Justin Fry on improving his shotgun snaps. Look, I think this is a pretty big get for the Buckeyes. McLaughlin is a day one starter for the Ohio State offensive line. He's a significant upgraded center. That was the weak link, as we remember, on the offensive line last season. And if you think about it, you know, the rest of the starters weren't as bad, I think, as people thought. Uh, They graded in between the high 60s and mid 70s in run and pass blocking. Uh, Granted, that was down a notch from the 2022 season. But, you know, I thought as a unit, the Ohio State offensive line held up Pretty well last season, when it mattered, both against Penn State and Michigan. I guess you could even throw Notre Dame into that mix as well. So I think with McLaughlin, the Ohio State offensive line has a chance to take a step forward in 2024, and I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that the Buckeyes can add another offensive lineman for the portal, uh, either now or when the portal reopens in the spring. Um, actually, I'm I'm expecting that they will. Uh, I, I think it's it's an imperative. Actually, finally. The Buckeyes added a big-body tight end in Will Kaczmarek from Ohio University. At six foot six, 256 pounds, Kaczmarek is expected to give the Buckeyes a blocker from the tight end position they have probably not had since Luke Farrell. Kaczmarek was a two-year starter for the Bobcats, and I expect that's what he's going to be for the Buckeyes, both in 2024 and 2025. So if you combine what Ohio State has done with these four acquisitions from the portal, how well they've done at retaining their top juniors. And now with the incoming freshman class with immediate impact players like Jeremiah Smith and Edric Houston, who, by the way, are both early enrollees and will participate in spring drills. I think there is a very strong case for Ohio State to be a preseason number one when the APN coaches' polls are released in August. And, you know, real quick on the transfer portal, by the way, with Nick Saban's retirement just announced this week, Keep an eye on that Alabama roster. Those kids have a whole month now to transfer if they want. And there are several players on that roster who would be of great interest to Ohio State, starting with safety Caleb Downs, who the Buckeyes were very close to landing out of high school before he chose Alabama. And oh, by the way, in that massive college football news dump this past Wednesday, which included Nick Saban's sudden retirement, we also learned that Ohio State has a new safeties coach, Matt Guerreri. Guerreri has a seven-year history with defensive coordinator Jim Knowles, having worked with Knowles both at Duke for six seasons and at Ohio State for one. Guerreri was a senior analyst and advisor for the Buckeyes in 2022 before moving on to Indiana, where he was co-defensive coordinator for the Hoosiers in 2023. This may not be the sexiest hire, but I think it makes a lot of sense. Guerreri has eight years of experience coaching safeties at the FBS level. He knows Jim Knowles' scheme about as well as anybody. Now, we're going to see if Guerrero can recruit. At the end of the day, it was recruiting, or a lack thereof, that ended Perry Eliano's two-year stint in Columbus. If Alabama safety Caleb Downs ends up in the portal in the coming days, Guerrero's recruiting prowess will be put to the test right away, so keep your eye on that situation. And at long last... The failed experiment of Parker Fleming, as special teams coordinator, has finally and mercifully come to an end. Fleming was fired on Wednesday, thankfully. Now, it remains to be seen what Ryan Day will do with that open spot on his coaching staff. He could offer it to James Laurinaitis, who is currently a graduate assistant. That spot could also be used on a young coach that could step in to be Larry Johnson's successor when Johnson eventually retires jason taylor the nfl hall of fame defensive end who is currently defensive line coach at the university of miami is a guy ohio state is rumored to be very interested in so keep your eye on that situation and day still has a decision to make about quarterbacks coach corey dennis whose contract has expired now many believe dennis could be on his way out of columbus as well i certainly believe that It has also been widely reported, and I referenced this earlier, that Ryan Day is planning to hire a bona fide offensive coordinator. And at least one news outlet, Football Scoop, reported that the new coordinator will have a major say in the composition of the rest of the offensive coaching staff, with Brian Hartline being the only untouchable coach on that side of the staff. Now, we've been told Toledo head coach Jason Candle is a name to watch in the offensive coordinator search Also, Akron head coach Joe Moorhead, who was a very successful offensive coordinator at Penn State and Oregon, is another name to watch. Joe Brady, who was the passing game coordinator at LSU when Joe Burrow won the Heisman and national title there, is another name to watch. Brady is currently the interim offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. Finally, Liam Cohen, who is currently the University of Kentucky offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach is another name Ohio State is rumored to have interest in. So suffice to say, there are, there appear to be plenty of great options out there for Ryan Day. I, I'm just thrilled he's finally doing this. He's finally you know going to hire offensive coordinator. We've been talking about the need for Day to be more of a CEO for this program. That is the next evolution for him as a head coach. It appears he's finally ready to do that. And I think it's going to pay big dividends in 2024, provided he makes the right choice. All right. Let's spend a few minutes talking about expectations for the 2024 season in light of all this roster activity and coaching changes. Now, I understand there's still going to be more changes to come, but it's never too early to talk expectations for Ohio State football. I mean, that's what we do here on this podcast. So let's start with the defense. The Buckeyes will return eight of their top 11 in snaps played from a 2023 unit that finished number three nationally in total defense, number three in defensive yards per play, number one in pass defense, number two in scoring defense, number two in stop rate, and the fifth nationally in opponent third down conversion percentage. And not included in the eight of 11 returning players that led the team in snaps last season are Ty Hamilton, who was actually a starter. And Cody Simon, who, as we know, has played a lot of football these last three seasons. I mean, at this stage, Simon is, for all intents and purposes, a returning starter. So Ohio State is returning the equivalent of 10 starters on defense in 2024. Now, the mission this offseason for Jim Knowles is to find a way to create more havoc plays. As good as the Ohio State defense was last season, they were only 60th nationally in sacks, 65th in tackles for loss, and they were all the way down at 124th in takeaways. Ohio State only forced 11 turnovers last season. Meanwhile, their Big Ten peers, Michigan and Penn State, forced more than twice as many while also ranking in the top five in many of the same defensive stats as Ohio State. But I'm pretty confident with his entire starting defensive line back and four of five starters in the secondary returning, I'm confident Jim Knowles can find a way to generate more of those havoc plays. And I think Ohio State has a chance to be not only the best defense in the country in 2024, but one of the best Buckeye defenses of all time. Uh, That is not hyperbole. It is going to be so much fun to watch. Now, on offense, there's nearly the same potential for greatness in 2024, though it's not quite as certain. We know that Travion Henderson and Quinshawn Judkins will make a devastating one-two punch in the run game perhaps the best running back duo we've ever seen at Ohio State. And they'll be running behind an offensive line, returning four or five starters, which has also just added a player in Seth McLaughlin. I just mentioned it with 25 career starts as a center for Alabama. And with the addition of McLaughlin, I think it's reasonable to expect a step forward for the offensive line in 2024. But I think Justin Fry still needs to add another impact player from the portal before the fall to help get that offensive line play closer to the Ohio State standard. Fry also has some talented pieces, Integra Shabola and Luke Montgomery. He can still move around the chessboard, but I expect Ohio State will bring in at least one more starter caliber offensive lineman before their work in the portal is done. That unit is not yet at a championship level, and it remains a pretty big question for 2024. Now, I think getting Emeka Igbuka back to lead a receiver room as talented as any in the country, but probably as green as any as well, is pretty huge. The consensus seems to be freshman phenom Jeremiah Smith will be a day one starter with talented sophomores Carnell Tate and Brandon Innes being major contributors as well. I mean, look, that room is dripping with talent and potential, but with the youth there, it's also reasonable to expect an adjustment period, you know, as, as Jeremiah Smith acclimates himself to the college game, as Tate and Ennis get comfortable in their new roles, as they adjust to a new quarterback, you know, I think Ohio State might have to lean on the run game early in the season while, while all of that acclimation is happening. And suffice to say, look, there is a, a ton riding on the arm and the legs of Will Howard. We know he has plenty of experience. And it's six foot 6'5", 240, we know he's got an NFL body. He has a conference championship under his belt. That was the 2022 Big 12 title. I've already mentioned it. But with a career 58.8 completion percentage and 25 interceptions, the big question for me about Howard is, is there enough arm talent for him to operate Ryan Day's vertical passing game? And if not, can Ryan Day and whoever his right hand will be at offensive coordinator, can they modify the offense to accentuate Howard's talents while still making the offense dangerous enough in the passing game for Ohio State to win a national title? That Those are big questions for me. Now, I know Michigan just showed us you don't really need to be explosive in the passing game to win a national title, but I just don't think that's how... Ryan Day wants to win. I mean, you have Emeka, Buka, Jeremiah Smith, Carnell Tate, Brandon Innes, Trey Henderson, Quinshawn Judkins. That offense is built to be explosive. It's built to score a ton of points. I don't see Ryan Day changing his stripes at this stage of his career. So in my mind, the quarterback of the 2024 offense will have to be able to make many of the same throws downfield as C.J. Stroud and Justin Fields. And Howard will have to prove he can do that more efficiently than he did at Kansas State and with far fewer turnovers. So that for me along with the offensive line those are big questions for this offense. I also think the coaching staff has to be very intentional about getting the next man up, at quarterback ready to play. Should either of those guys, whoever they are, Devin Brown or Lincoln Keen holds numbers should be called. They need to be ready if for some reason Howard isn't the answer. And I think there needs to be a real sense of urgency around the development of the quarterback room as a whole. They really need to accelerate the development of the players in that room. Okay, that's going to do it for now. I'm going to end things there. I'm going to plan to wrangle both Paige and Chad for another pod after Ohio State has announced its new offensive coordinator. There will almost assuredly be more roster moves to discuss by then as well. Until then, thanks so much for listening, and go Bucks. been listening to the South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.